Good evening to everyone. Welcome to God's house on this special night. This night as we enter his gates with thanksgiving. As we realize the many blessings that are new to us each morning, may we give that praise to him through song and through word this evening. And we join together with our first hymn, Come, you thankful people, come. Let us please rise we join in with our evening liturgy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I will praise the name of God with a song. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever. 
since we are gathered to hear God's word, let us first confess before our holy God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed. We daily fall short of his glory. We can never purify ourselves from our sins. Together as one family in Jesus Christ, let us seek our Father's cleansing forgiveness. In silent prayer, we confess our sins to the Lord. Together we pray. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Almighty God, in his steadfast love for you, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a call and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We join in with our hymn response. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Almighty God, your mercies are new every morning, and you graciously provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may acknowledge your goodness, give thanks for your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our first lesson for this evening is recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on an oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what it was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. 
remember the Lord. Isn't that why we're here this evening? To remember the Lord. To realize the gifts that he has given us. To be thankful for those blessings that are new to us every morning. These words were spoken to Moses after wandering in the wilderness for those 40 years. For four decades, God provided for the children of Israel. Provided for all their needs. Their sandals never wore out. Their clothes never wore out. They had food to eat. He watched over them. And that's why he said, remember. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way. But how soon we forget, don't we? How soon we forget the Lord's richness and the blessings he's given us. I mean, think of the children of Israel. They were delivered from slavery after those 400 years plus in slavery. They were delivered. You would think they would be thankful. But as they traveled in those opening days, all of a sudden they come up to the Red Sea before them. They turn around and see behind them Pharaoh's army. And they say, thank you, Moses. What were you thinking? You brought us out here in the wilderness to die? It would have been better for us to live in Egypt as their slaves. But as they forgot again the way the Lord watched over them for those 400 years, all of a sudden that pathway through that Red Sea opened up. And for that night they walked through that Red Sea to safety. As Pharaoh's army came in, God brought that sea back and drowned around that army. You would think that would be enough. We were saved. Thank you, Moses. Thank you, God, for, for bringing us through. But then all of a sudden, Moses, what are we going to eat? We're hungry, Moses. But God gave them manna in the morning, quail in the evening. And you would think that they would remember. Remember what God did for them. But they're encouraged. Encouraged to enter his gates with thanksgiving to to give that thanks for God watching over them. I guess have things really changed? Oh, maybe we made a list of things already for giving our thanks this Thanksgiving weekend. Maybe we give our thanks, but do we start to take our conveniences for granted? I mean, how many times have maybe we given our thanks for that cement in the roads that brought you here this evening? Were you thankful for those tires that were on your car that got you here? What about the shampoo that as you shampooed your hair today or the soap as you took a bath or shower. I mean, how often do we forget what God has given us? How often do we fail to comment and to give that thanks to him? Remember the commands. Remember the commands that that God has given us. 
he gave the commands to the children of Israel, and we still get to see that love. We get to see that love in our Lord. We get to see this promised land that's talked about. For the Lord your God is bringing you to a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Well, God's not going to be leading us to a promised land tomorrow. Oh, our tables may be filled with that food, but he has given us a promised land called heaven. A land that's waiting for us. Remember that Lord. In his love, he sent Jesus to be that Savior. Jesus willingly went to the cross for us. Remember that, Lord. Remember those commands. Think of that promised land that's waiting for us. I mean, he takes care of our spiritual needs, but this evening we're going to be dwelling on our physical needs. Think again the way he took care of the children of Israel and the way he takes care of us. When we do, we can't help but give that thing. Please join in with me as we read responsibly Psalm 67. And here again, we, we see that gracious hand of our Lord, and we see to give that praise to him. May God be gracious to us and bless us. That your way may be known on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Let the peoples praise you, O God. The earth has yielded its increase. God shall bless us. Our second lesson for this evening, recorded in Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, beginning with the sixth verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts, your minds, in Christ Jesus. Anxiety. Fear. How often don't we have that in this life? I mean, after all, we've just come through probably one of the greatest recessions that our country has had. There is fear in our hearts, that anxiety. But it's interesting to see how often through Scripture that God tells us don't have that fear. He tells us the way that, that we can avoid that fear. Or I think, too, in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus was sitting there on that hill, you got the crowd out there before him. 
And what does he tell them? He tells them, take a look at the birds in the air. They don't sow. They don't have a place that they call home. Yet God takes care of them. And aren't you much more valuable than the birds of the air? I mean, when, when you see a flock of birds, don't you think about that? I mean, when you see the geese starting to fly south, you know that, well, shortly, that snow may be flying. Or when they come back in spring, you, you start to take in that, that sweet, savoring smell of that fresh air and the green grass that's coming. We're not to have that anxiety. And sometimes some anxiety, some fear is okay. I mean, if you're taking tests, you want some fear so that you'll study harder. Or if you have this project at work, you'll, you want some anxiety so that I'll do my best, so I'll get that project done. But God tells us, don't be afraid. I will take care of you. I will be with you. I've made that promise. I will never leave you down. We start to see again that, that gracious hand, don't we? Because not only does Paul tell us this evening not to have that anxiety, not to have that fear, but he gives us the way that we can um, avoid that. And you take a look at this in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We have that privilege, that privilege to come to God, not just on Thanksgiving, but each and every day, that we can bring our prayers to him, to lay them, our petitions, our requests, at the feet of Jesus. We get to leave those requests at that throne of God. But then again, I know it's the easiest words to say, but the hardest words to believe. Your will be done. Jesus, say, okay, Lord, you've commanded me to pray. You've also promised that you will hear my prayers, but it's your will that will be done. But when we take a look at his will, it does transcend. It passes all human understanding, doesn't it? He's promised to be with us each and every day to, to give us that peace, to give us peace in this world that this world never understands. <clears throat> It doesn't always remove that physical pain. But it, he's there for us. He's the one that's guiding the hand of the surgeon. You know our family doctor, when you go in there and you go into his um, rooms there, that he's got these pictures of one I love is with Jesus standing over the shoulder of the surgeon, pointing out how to do the surgery. Isn't that what is happening each and every day to us? Why do we have that fear? We get to go to our Heavenly Father and to lay down our petitions to Him. Because when you take a look, sorry about this. If you can go back for me. Okay, right there. When you take a look at this, you get to see again what God has given us. Not that I desire your gifts, but I desire is that more be credit to your account. This again was Paul talking, but if you go to the next slide, please. I've received full payment and more than enough. 
But take a look at verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. God will meet all our needs. I think it's so unique uh, about Thanksgiving. How often don't we complain that we don't have that much? But then I wonder how many of our tables are going to be so full tomorrow that we really have to push ourselves away from the table. We take a look again the way God provides for what we need. And those are new to us each and every day. Not only his peace, but his physical blessings to us. May we give that glory to him. May that glory be forever and ever. And you remember what amen means. So shall it be. This is what we want. To give that thanks to our Heavenly Father. For truly, he pours out those gifts from heaven, doesn't he? He pours them out to us. May we give him that glory as we sing our next hymn.
Our last lesson for this evening is recording the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, a well-known portion of, of Scripture. And when you think of the healing of the ten lepers, we see again that, that gracious hand of God. I mean, we were told in our first lesson to remember the commands of God, to remember what God has done for us, in our second lesson, we're told that we can come to him and, and lay down our petitions at, at his holy throne. And now we see these lepers going to that gracious God, don't we? Here we have Jesus traveling, and these ten lepers coming. You have to remember again that disease. It was a death sentence. That disease that made you an outcast. You could have no contact with your family. You had to go and, and live either in caves or different leper colonies. At times it would get so bad that maybe your nose or ears or anything that would even fall off. It was a death sentence. So here are these ten that, that didn't have their normal life, couldn't have any contact with their families, and all of a sudden, Jesus was traveling with them. And take a look again. They say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They knew about Jesus. They knew that power. They knew what, what he could do. And I think it's interesting to see, again, what, what he tells them. Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Think what it must have been like for them. All of a sudden, as they looked down, they saw that new, new skin covering over what used to be white with leprosy. All of a sudden, they started to realize that, that they were cleansed. They wanted to go show themselves to the priest, because again, that was the procedure that needed to be done. The priest could, could declare them that they were cleansed and that they could go back to their family. I mean, after all, that's all they wanted. I mean, think of the excitement it must have been for them to see this disease leaving them, thinking that I'll be back to my normal family. I'll get to be with my family. I'll get to go to the synagogue again, get to worship with my fellow believers. It's, it's here. I'm cleansed. But if we can go to the next slide, please, we, we know what takes place. In their running to show themselves to the priest, one wasn't in such a hurry, was he? As he saw himself being healed, he comes back and falls at the feet of Jesus. And he was a Samaritan. And again, you have to remember, the Samaritans and the Jews did not get along because, after all, the Samaritans didn't have that, that all that Jewish blood because they were part of the ten northern tribes that were taken away from Assyria and then repopulated. So they weren't as good as the southern tribes, as, as the regular Jews. But he was the only one that took the time and came back to give that thanks. To give that thanks to the Lord. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. 
10, we're healed. But can we say that maybe only one was saved? I mean, I get that. I, I understand that they wanted that normal life. I understand rushing off. But how many, again, I always wonder, how, did those nine ever, ever come back to Jesus? Did they, did they ever believe, or were they so wrapped up with their life? But then I guess I start to think of myself, too. Start to think of people in this world. I get to bring my request to God. We heard about that in that second lesson. I get to lay my petitions at his feet. But then all of a sudden, you know, I just want my normal life. I, I want to come, you know, I just want to go to that job, Lord. I just want to go to school, Lord. How often don't we ask for something from the Lord? And as soon as he does grant it to us, well, that's good enough, Lord. I really don't need you now. I'll, I'll come back, Lord, when I really need your help again. Hopefully, we're not like those nine. But this parable always, always hits home, doesn't it? To give our, our thanks to God. To realize again what he has done for us. That in his love, again, he's given us that Savior. He's cleansed us from that that disease known as sin. We have that forgiveness. We are free. And he takes care of my physical needs too. Each and every day, his blessings are new to me. Each and every day, I get to enjoy again this world that he has created. But how often do I fall at on my knees before that Lord? Hopefully as we think of Thanksgiving, um, we'll do that. Listening to a radio station this week, and it was kind of interesting to hear one of the commentators when she was saying, Thanksgiving is the greatest holiday. It's the greatest holiday that we have. And you kind of want to know her reason for it? Because she said, we get to eat all day. There's no stress. She said there's a little stress getting the meal ready. But after that, she said, we get to eat all day. And we don't have to worry about presents. We don't have to worry about pleasing anybody. There's, this is the greatest holiday. Never once did I hear her saying anything about saying thank you. Never once did I hear her say, you know, hear her say anything about what this day was really about. Was she like those nine? Probably. But again being those forgiven children of God. May we enter his gates with those thanksgiving. May, may we remember that peace that we have that, that transcends all understanding. May we get to, to live for our Lord. His gracious hand is always outpouring, but, but how often do we have our hands wrapped around our possessions? And when we do this, holding on to what we have, do you notice something? can't open up your hand to receive more from God that's trying to give you more. Keep those hands open. Keep those hands open to those blessings that he gives us. And when he does give us those blessings and it's done to his will, 
may we be ready to give that thanks, to say thank you, Lord. I mean, how often don't we maybe feel hurt? We give a gift to someone, someone doesn't say thank you, or, or maybe a niece or nephew doesn't do it, or a grandchild. That hurts at times, doesn't it? I mean, you spent all that time to get that perfect gift. God gives us a perfect gift each and every day. Now, now may all of us come to give that thanks, not just this evening, but each and every day. May we be thankful. May we be thankful as we hear. Now thank we all our God.
As we return our first fruits to our Lord, has given us all things. The gas books are located in the chairs in the center aisle. Please take a moment to sign those. It's passed back to the center. It gives you a chance to greet your neighbor and our Lord and Savior. Let us please rise we join in with the prayer of the church. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the country in which we live and work, that our land would turn to Christ in praise and thanksgiving for all his blessings and mercies. Let us pray to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
for the church and her faithful witness throughout the world, that all who serve our Savior may make him known in word and action. Let us pray to the Lord. For all who lead others in our homes and workplaces, that our vocations may be opportunities to serve the one who served us all, let us pray to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings in our homes and workplaces. For all who come the Lord for healing, especially Jeffrey Davis, the nephew of Barb Lado, that they may experience the healing work of Jesus and always turn to him in thanksgiving and worship, let us pray to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings of healing us in body and soul. For these and all their needs we have, both spoken and unspoken, that we may boldly pray as children in the presence of our loving Father, let us pray to the Lord. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please be seated. Just a quick announcement that, if possible, I'd like to meet with the members of the church council just for a few minutes in the office following our service from Mr. Enter's family and from my family may all of you truly have a blessed Thanksgiving as we've entered this court, his court with Thanksgiving, may it live in our hearts, not only this evening but every day as we serve him because truly his blessings are new to us, not only his spiritual blessings but his physical blessings and may we give that thanks in our lives and from our families to all of you. Have a very blessed Thanksgiving. And we'll conclude our service with that praise as we sing, We Praise You, O God, Our Redeemer. 